Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, I want to look at the cattle mutilation situation in Colorado. That's correct. Cattle mutilations in Colorado. Um, before I get into it, though, I, I want to say that I'm using a different microphone uh, setup. Let me know in the comments if this is an improvement, if it's uh, not an improvement, or if you can even tell the difference. Now, the first article that we're looking at comes from csindy.com. It says csindy.com. title says, Colorado's Cattle Mutilation History and the Journalist Who Wouldn't Let It Go. Subtitled The Mutilators, written by Heidi Beadle. This is from November 26, 2019, so about three and a half years. It's got a picture here right in the front page. I'll try to put a link of this on the Buy Me a Coffee website too. But here's this cow just laying there, and obviously no blood around it in this very dry, uh, tilled up field. It says, during the 1970s, thousands of ranchers and farmers across America woke up to discover a bizarre and horrible thing in their fields and pastures. They found that not only had one of their cows or bulls died, but that, but that it had been bizarrely mutilated. The lifeless body would be lying on its side, completely drained of blood. The dissected corpse staring at, up at them with empty eye sockets. The flesh cut away from the nose and jawbone, creating a macabre grin. The anal cavity was bored out, and the sex organs completely removed. There were no signs of footprints or any kind of forensic evidence to point out to any kind of perpetrator, human or animal. The ranchers filed reports with local brand inspectors, the sheriff's office, and in some cases, even federal investigators. Goes on, it says, but investigators, but investigations resulted in no suspects, leads, or explanations. Now, we've talked about some of these cattle mutilations before, and it almost seems like the local investigators have a playbook they operate from. First thing they come out and say is, well, it's predators. If people say, no, it's not predators, there's no tracks from coyotes or wolves or mountain lions or raccoon or there, there aren't even any crows around. And they, and they say, here's the pictures. You can clearly see there's no tracks of any kind. Then step number two in the playbook is usually the satanic cow tippers, as I call them. That's because of this. I use that phrase cow tippers because in here in the Midwest where I live, there's this uh, urban myth, I guess you would call it, about uh, being able to tip a cow over while it sleeps at night. wouldn't try it. So, no, I don't believe that there are a group of satanic cow trippers driving around the countryside in the middle of Colorado, not only tipping cows over, I mean, these are all tipped over, but then somehow mutilating them and leaving a bloodless crime scene with no tracks. But that's number two out of the playbook. First, predators. Second, satanic cult. And, and I can't even imagine that there, that there would be that many active Satan cults in the country that would be number one and then number two that would be interested in doing this sort of thing i mean i don't know seems implausible to me and then step number three is if anybody says well this is so bizarre there's no there's no sign of any kind of human activity no sign of any kind of you know animals from nature nothing like that maybe this thing has got something to do with the lights we saw in the sky last night maybe this thing is from a some sort of has some sort of UFO alien connection, you know, or even black helicopters. As soon as that gets hits the press, that notion, then the number three in the playbook is to begin the debunking, the depersoning of anybody who says that. Just to all around just just push this negative campaign at people. 
And then lots of times, number four, they'll put out large rewards. As far as I know, none of these, none of these rewards have ever been cashed in for, for any of the actual uh, cattle mutilations. Now, there have been occasional cases where uh, cat, cattle have been killed. Um, some idiots driving along, you know, in their car pickup and, and shoots a cow out the window. I'm sure that does happen, okay? It's whether it's agricultural terrorism or just some kid being an idiot. But we're talking about cattle mutilations where you have this ritualistic mutilation of these animals and most importantly, no blood, okay? It goes on, it says, this exact scenario played out this summer, this is 2019 of course, in Eastern Oregon. Five previously healthy bulls from Sylvie's Valley Ranch were suddenly found dead, drained of blood and with organs and pieces of their soft tissue precisely removed. There were no footprints or signs of predation, and authorities currently have no explanation. The story was covered by national news outlets like NPR and USA Today. And I remember this case, and and uh, I'll give the gal from NPR credit. I think she was the first one in the national news media to say, "Hey, where's the blood?" I mean, she said the quiet she she said the quiet part out loud. It says the common denominator for every one of these is the lack of blood, says Chuck Skowoski, a Colorado Springs resident and the deputy director of animal mutilation investigations for MUFON, which has more than 4,000 members and has been investigating UFO phenomena since 1969. Zawoski has 35 years of experience researching paranormal phenomena, including cattle mutilations, and he's also the subject of the Travel Channel's TV show, Alien Highway. Not only that, but the lack of evidence of blood. How much blood is in a cow, Zawoski? Well, I can tell you how much blood's in a cow. You can look that up online, and it'll tell you for an average 1,200-pound cow, you're looking at around 10.3 gallons. You know, one of these big bulls, you're probably looking at closer to 12 or 13 gallons. Now, imagine that. I mean, you know how big a five-gallon bucket is, right? Just imagine two of those with a little bucket left over, and that blood's all gone. But there's not a single drop on the ground anywhere around the animal. No blood on the animal itself. I don't know if you've ever worked in a butcher shop. I have. If you've ever dressed well game, I have. I can tell you, you get a little blood around. In fact, it's all over the place. Because whether we're people or cattle or wildlife, we've all got blood in us. And the thing about blood is it spatters. We know this. If you've ever watched a crime drama, you know this. I mean, there, there are whole specialties in blood splatter um, where they can use the way the blood pattern spatters to find out how the person was killed, the type of crime. And the blood tells a story. And the lack of blood tells a story. Okay? It says there's a lot of blood in the cow and for that, and for that blood not to be there when a carcass is found is unusual. It's beyond unusual. It's impossible, really, if that cow mutilation were to conform to the natural laws of physics as we know them. These kinds of cattle mutilation cases rose to national prominence in the 1970s when thousands of carcasses across 21 states were discovered to be mutilated. By 1975, the response to the problem had reached a fever pitch amongst ranchers across the Midwest. Many were carrying guns and patrolling their fields at night. The Bureau of Land Management ran ads in eastern Colorado newspapers urging ranchers not to shoot at survey helicopters. What would they be doing out there in the middle of the night? Huh. Odd. The prevailing theory at the time was that these killings were the work of a nefarious call. That must have been one big call. Or they were super busy. 
The horrific Manson family murders were recently seared into social memory in the U.S., so it seemed like a plausible explanation. Can you say parallel narrative? And we have the actual narrative, which is, wow, these cows were mutilated somehow in a very strange way. We can't explain. Can't explain it naturally. Can't explain it through human actions. Parallel nar narrative. <laughs> Must have been those satanic cow tippers. When Satanists were hiding in the lyrics of rock and roll songs and the pages of fantasy novels in an American basement in the form of the tabletop game of Dungeons and Dragons, certainly it had to be their work when it came to the cattle as well. Look, it does look as though something with a very evil provenance is at work in these cattle mutilations. But that doesn't mean that some random person practicing Satanism in her house is the one going out doing this. We have to follow the evidence. And to me, this evidence much more likely leads to a UFO than it does to some guy wearing black. In August 1975, the Colorado Springs Gazette Telegraph, now the Gazette, reported on a study conducted by Eastern Colorado law enforcement officials who were dealing with the approximately 60 mutilation cases reported so far that year. The Gazette said the study provided a glimpse into a satanic organization with national political overtones, which was grandiose plan with, with which has grandiose plans for bringing about a 1,000-year reign of terror and darkness. That's weird. I'm going to read it again. In August 1975, the Colorado Springs Gazette Telegraph, now the Gazette, reported on a study conducted by Eastern Colorado law enforcement officials who were dealing with the approximately 60 mutilation cases reported so far that year. The Gazette said the study provided, quote, a glimpse into a satanic organization with national political overtones which has grandiose plans of bringing about a thousand-year reign of terror and darkness. And people say that there's no such thing as the deep state. Just saying. As law enforcement officials desperately searched for proof of cult involvement, the mutilations increased in number, frequently popping up in Crowley, El Paso, Albert Douglas, Los Animas, Washington, and Morgan counties here in Colorado, and in 20 other states across the country. The most comprehensive media coverage of the phenomena at the same time came from an unlikely publication out of a small farming community just east of Fort Morgan. It was there that Dane Edwards, a recent Colorado transplant who had allegedly spent time in Europe, the Middle East, and the Far East, filing wire service reports, acted as an editor and publisher of the new of the now defunct Brush Banner, Brush Brush's weekly newspaper. Information about Edwards' life prior to Colorado is limited, but a meteor editor publisher column from a July 1975 issue of the Banner Boast 17 years newspaper experience, former member of the President's Council on Youth Opportunities in August 1972, invited to the White House by the President. I believe that would have been Nixon at that time. Now, the article tells us Edward's first mutilation story ran on July 30th, 1975. It says, grisly black and white photographs of mutilated cattle adorn the front page of the banner with the headline, Cattle Mutilations Hit Near County. He documented an incident from Woodrow where a thousand pound cow had its nose, one eye, an ear, and its tongue cut away. Edwards noted that while massive mutilations often occur, little blood was found in the area of the carcasses. In some instances, officials report that scavenger animals and birds refuse to touch the body. That's something that we hear over and over again with these cattle mutilations. It says the owner of the mutilated cow, John Callis, told Edwards, there wasn't a sign of a footprint in the area either. 
In spite of the lack of human-generated evidence, though, the Washington County Sheriff's Department noted that the cow's tracks were clearly visible thanks to a recent rain. Moreover, law enforcement officials were unable to photograph the evidence after several attempts. Both the Morgan County and Washington County officials were unable to take a photo of the carcass with the Polaroid camera. What does that sound like? That sounds just like the kind of stuff that happens out at the Skinwalker Ranch all the time. Electronic equipment not working. It says the photos were consistently dark, and even when the camera settings were changed to compensate for conditions, the pictures were without contrast, Edwards wrote. That is weird. I can't explain it, Washington County Under Sheriff Bob Jones was quoted as saying. I'm not going to try. You know, these guys used the Polaroid cameras at crime scenes because they worked, okay, not because they were undependable. It says the following week, the Bannerman, another story about the first mutilation reported in Morgan County. And Edwards was one of the few journalists at the time to critically analyze the cult hypothesis. He interviewed Lauren Paul, an Episcopal priest, who claimed in considering what is cut from the animal, the mutilations do not suggest cultism or a satanic nature. None of the items removed from the cattle are used in satanic rites. Edwards also interviewed a coven of Denver witches who provided him with a symbol a stylized variation of the evil eye, which was supposed to ward off the activities of satanic followers. Displaying the symbol would supposedly stop the Satanists from further acts until the symbols had been removed. The banner ran the banner ran the symbol with the story. By printing the symbols in each of our 6,500 papers, Edwards wrote, they obviously cannot be removed. Edwards also was able to track down the origins of the cult story, which came from federal prisoner Kenneth Bankston. How convenient. Bankston had read an article about the wave of mutilations that took place in Minnesota in 1975 and wrote to the author of the article who forwarded Bankston's letter to an agent within the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. That agent took Bankston's claim seriously and launched an investigation. According to Edwards, Bankston claimed that the mutilations were the work of cultist operations and that the group had also drawn up a list of future human victims that included notable political figures such as Hubert Humphrey. Now, do you think that this guy as an ex-con actually did that, or do you think he might have been prompted somehow? I don't know. But I tell you what I see. I see parallel narrative written all over this. The Gazette reported on the bizarre satanical group somewhat reminiscent of the Charles Manson family in August 1975, quoting a field investigator. There's a right-wing white supremacist faction to the cult, which has planned the assassination of a number of prominent liberal-type political figures. Wow, this this was being said clear back in 1975, and I thought this was a a new thing, a new thing where there was a right wing white supremacist around every corner. I didn't know they were out there killing cows too. It's interesting. In return for his cooperation, it says with investigation, Bankston was transferred to a lower security facility, from which he escaped on May 31st, 1975. How convenient. Do you think this guy might have had a motivation to create this entire story? So he went from being in what sounds like a pretty tough unit to being in a low security facility where he must have just walked off, it sounds like. No member of the sons of no member of the quote sons of Satan, the alleged name of the cult, I think that's a motorcycle gang, isn't it? I could be wrong. I'm I feel like a, I feel certain that I've heard of that as a motorcycle game. Okay, it sounds like this guy just just blew the story off the top of his head. He used it to, used it to get into a a minimum security unit somewhere, and then just walked off. The call theory quickly became a dead end for both law enforcement and journalists. 
Well, it might have become a dead end, but I dare you to pick up any story on cattle mutilation and tell me that there's not something about the satanic cult in there within the first two paragraphs. Every one of these cattle mutilations, it's in the standby playbook for investigators, okay? So as with Satanists out of the picture, ranchers and law enforcement began looking for other explanations. The scope of the mutilations led many to believe it was the work of a vast government conspiracy and, and others to look to the stars for an extraterrestrial explanation. Look, they're going out in these fields, as this picture shows, in this plowed field, dry dirt, find the scouts dead, completely drained of blood, not even a single drop on the ground. Somehow the scout ended up on his side, Eyes cut out, uh, rectum cut out, tongue cut out, all sorts of things that would cause lots and lots of blood to escape, but there's no blood. What could do that? Well, it would have to be something with almost supernatural powers. Now, could the government do that? I don't think so, but we could, we could play a game of let's pretend and pretend like they did, if that makes you sleep better at night. It says, by the end of August and into September, Edwards was reporting on a new twist in the cattle mutilation incidents. Menacing aircraft and strange lights at the mutilation sites, Edwards collected reports from Elbert County, Elizabeth Franktown, and Simuli of an unmarked helicopters buzzing farmers and chasing people. Several people reported having seen a flashing strobe light, wrote Edwards, traveling from east to west at an extremely fast rate of speed and changing directions with a staccato effect in the sky. Was it even a helicopter? Edwards allegedly began working with the Colorado Bureau of Investigations, providing them with evidence gathered during the course of his investigations. After reporting that agencies such as the FBI started it, stated there is no evidence of federal crimes. Well, you know, the FBI didn't even think there was a mafia for a very long time. Nope, no organized crime. Edwards was frustrated with the response, noting that it would mean that 21 groups of mutilators had operated in 21 states. Since it is a federal offense to commit interstate crimes, that would open the door for their participation in the investigation. That might require work. Or maybe that would require them reporting on their handlers. I don't know. It wasn't until Edwards began receiving threats at the banner to lay off the investigation of the cattle mutilations that Colorado Senator Floyd Haskell finally sought the FBI's assistance within the mutilation investigations. <laughs> Are you sure you want their assistance? I mean, you're getting threatened here, bud. In October of 1975, the Gazette reported the banner, which, with reporting by Edwards, was the only newspaper in Colorado known to have conducted a full-scale investigation into the matter of mysterious deaths and mutilations of livestock in Colorado. Edwards was interviewed in the Gazette to announce that his phenomenon was actually an outcropping of a program that began in 1961 and that he would be writing a book that will tell how the project was conceived, how it progressed and why. Could this be a third parallel narrative? A limited hangout, perhaps? Edwards admitted in the interview that anger made me interested in the cattle mutilations. It disturbed me that the public would take the word of officials that no one was willing to look into it himself. Well, you should get used to that. Don't get angry. Just take it in stride, my friend. But in that same interview, he alleged that not everyone appreciated his investigation, saying, My office had been broken into twice and things gone through. Blood was thrown on my glass storm door at my home. Uh, I think they're giving you a warning. Edwards also criticized law enforcement officials who were beginning to ditch the cult theory for claims that the mutilations were actually the natural result of predation, scavengers, and the decomposition process. That's way easier. 
This would be the conclusion of both a CBI investigation and an FBI investigation into the matter. Edwards called the investigations an unimaginative job and noted that the most popular but weakest theory is that the mutilations were caused by predators. This is a good one for a lawman who can't solve cases since they don't have to pursue the case any further. It takes a lot of work off their desk. Shortly after Edwards' interview with the Gazette, he was terminated at the Brush Banner. The new publisher, Drussel Gorgeson, said it was for poor business practices. <laughs> well, it sounds about like James O'Keefe over there. Then on December 10, 1975, the banner's headline read, Ex-Banner Publisher Presumed Missing. Ooh, not good. The paper reported that Edwards' wife filed a missing persons report five days earlier after he failed to contact her, as was his policy while he was away. The banner also noted that while in the banner's employee, Mr. Edwards expressed concern for his well-being on various occasions. You know, when you start waking up and finding blood on your doorstep, that's enough for me. No thanks. Edwards' car was found abandoned at a truck stop, and no one in Brush ever heard from him again. There's two ways of looking at what happened with this guy, says Mufon Zawaski. He got caught into something, and he got threatened big time, and he went underground. I can think of one other person who that happened to. They went off the grid. Zukowski also mentions the case of Max Spears, a UK conspiracy theorist and UFO investigator who died in Warsaw, Poland, under mysterious circumstances, allegedly vomiting black goo. Yeah, I'll just make a comment here. I just watched a documentary on this. I think they did a secondary autopsy, and they said it was overdose from Xanax, I believe. Apparently, there were some... Uh, mental health issues he was dealing with. That was, what was That's what they reported, and they said that he took he got these over-the-counter Xanax in Turkey with this gal he was living with in Poland. Took too many of them. He'd been drinking and died. I do know that if you mix alcohol with a lot of these uh, antidepressants like uh, Xanax or whatever, it can be terminal real quick. But the weird thing about that case was how the woman acted after the death. The, just weird stuff. You'll have to look into it. Um, I won't. I won't get into it here. But it was the whole that whole case with this Max Spears was extremely, extremely strange. But I'll just say the official line is is that he died from an overdose of the Xanax. Uh, I think he said. I think they said it was mixed with alcohol. You can look it up. It's 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 all over YouTube. Okay, I digress. It says there are issues with doing different types of UFO investigations that could cause you to step over the proverbial line, so to speak. Warren Zukowski. You have to be careful what you do. When you do UFO investigations and you go too far, you will get silenced. Well, I think part of this is about uh, wanting to have confidential sources, talking to people off the record. I think as long as you just do things transparently and above board to where everybody can see what you're doing, then you're not really threatening anybody. And that's why the last thing in the world that I would want would be for somebody to send me any kind of confidential information or pictures or whatever. Hey, post it online, then we'll talk about it. Myself, I would, would never want to be in, posi- in possession of that kind of information. If I if I had the one file, say, that implicated some uh, bureaucracy in the bowels of the government doing these cattle mutilations, the last thing I would want would be the one person that had that file or that folder or whatever. You can post it online and we can talk about it. But why put yourself between the truth and somebody that's willing to kill you to keep the truth from coming out? There's so much evidence that's just 
publicly available that we can discuss transparently, that it's just not worth endangering yourself as far as I'm concerned. It says, then you have the cases where he j- then you have the case where he just started a new life as Zagwaski. There's always a possibility he left his wife and used a conspiracy theory to cover his tracks. Maybe. I mean, man, how often does that happen? I mean, maybe this guy had problems. Maybe he did kill himself. And, you know, he's the poor, the poor fellow's just out there. The body's decomposed by now. Maybe he made somebody really angry and they got rid of him. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a weird, very sad situation no matter what. It says Zalkowski works full-time as a microchip engineer and has served as a reserve deputy for the El Paso County Sheriff's Office. He says he applies scientific and forensic methodology to his mutilation investigations and has also reported strange findings with mutilated remains, some similar to Edwards' findings from decades ago and some uniquely weird. Quote, I have had a few cases where the animals lying in a round ground depression, not a crop circle, but a ground depression, where something pressed the vegetation down 16 to 22 feet in diameter. He says, I've taken soil samples from inside the ground depression and compared it to test samples outside the ground depression. And the nutrients, the soil itself in the ground depression is less water soluble. And we've heard this before about uh, certain UFO landing sites. Also, I wonder, could the animals have been dropped there? I mean, we've heard cases of that, that it looks like they've been dropped from a, from a, a decent height. He says, the... The Sations and SCC, CECs that are different. Zawaski implies that something, presumably whatever the deceased bovine had come in contact with, was able to change some fundamental atomic aspects of the soil. Sation exchange capacity, says CEC, is a measure of a soil's ability to hold positively charged ions. It's an inherent soil characteristic and is difficult to alter significantly. That tells me that whatever made the round ground depression that the animals lying in the middle of might have been a high energy source, he says. I've also picked up EMF, electromagnetic field, from these ground depressions. Uh, we had that case, I think it was in western Missouri 15, 20 years ago, where it left that white powder on the ground. Remember, the, the grass would never grow back? I'll have to go back and look at that case again. It was a mom, and I think it was a grandpa, grandma, and kid that saw that UFO. Okay, as for what Edwards observed in the 70s, many of those anomalies still occur, sure. But we're seeing the same thing. It's been going on for years and years. Unmarked helicopters will show up after the fact, said Zakwaski. August 2014 in Walsenburg, I investigated eight cows that were mutilated within a couple of miles of each other. The majority of the cows were found lying in the same direction. All the animals had the same type of cuts. The dew claws were cored out. I interviewed two ranchers who reported helicopters in the area with spotlights where the animals were mutilated. There were also reports of lasers that diverted commercial and air traffic. A week after the last mutilation, the rancher's daughter saw a UFO. Yeah, you know what? I think that happens a lot more than what we hear about the UFOs. Zukowski has collected findings that cause him to doubt the predator theory, which Edwards also thought was bogus. One thing we've learned is that the animal is picked up from location A, where it is grazing. It's taken to a location B and is mutilated and drained of blood. And then it's taken to location C, which is the vicinity of location A. Not exactly, but close by. There was a case in Trinidad where we actually found the tracks of a cow where it ended. And then a good 60 yards away was a cow lying on the ground. Did it jump? 
60 yards. Okay, come on. Well, like the picture it shows, the cow's out in the middle of this plowed field. Probably not going to be out there if it's been busy eating grass, you know. The alleged predator's choice in prey has also caused suspicion in some of Zorowski's cases. There was another case in the Wallensburg area we count Zorowski where a cow had calved. The next day, the cow was found mutilated. It was void of blood, and the milk sack was cut out. A good 50 or 60 feet away was a newborn calf and a half-eaten placenta. Predators don't go after a 1,000-pound animal and leave a 100-pound calf. That ain't no kidding. Others also... Others have also questioned the predation theory. The Gazette covered a mutilation in October 1976, a year after the Banner's initial investigations. Logan County Sheriff Harry Graves found signs of a ki- that, that a coyote had approached the mutilated animal, but he never got closer than 22 and a half feet from the animal. Other cattle and horses in the same pasture were spooked and wouldn't approach the dead steer either. Yeah, we hear about this all the time where uh, these animals are just completely avoided by anything else around them. Uh, wow, it's a pretty lengthy article. I'm not, yeah, I guess we're about finished with it here. He says, um, additionally, during the few field autopsies that were able to be performed in cases where the time of death could be estimated, veterinarians discovered various anomalies. In January 1976, the Gazette reported that Dr. Susan Coulter of the Trinidad Animal Clinic was able to examine various parts of the animal, including the heart, lungs, kidneys, and liver, and she sent specimens to the Extension Laboratory in La Junta. She was especially interested in the way the animal's organs turned to mush in a short time. Turned to mush. You know, it kind of goes along with that being hit by a sonic energy wave of some sort. Cattle mutilations have lessened in frequency since 1975, but continued. Many cattle mutilations cause cases allegedly go unreported. I believe that. In 1975, Edwards noted that 111 mutilation cases held in the files of the Nebraska Brand Inspector's Office had been turned over to law enforcement agencies. Zawaski's attributes that underreporting to what he calls the giggle factor. Well, maybe they've been told to do that. You know, might not be a lot of giggling going on. He notes that ranchers don't want to speak out and report something just to be made fun of. Zawaski's most recent mutilation investigation took place in Westcliff in 2018. Since 1975, no arrests have been made in any of the over 10,000 cases involving cattle mutilations. I repeat that. Since 1975, no arrests have been made in any of the over 10,000 cases involving cattle mutilations. So 10,000 crimes, not a single arrest. I mean, how many police officers would keep their job if there were 10,000 crimes committed in their watch area? but not a single arrest. Think about that. 44 years after mutilations originally terrified American ranchers, explanations of, of this phenomenon remain controversial. The mutilators, I like that word, mutilators, what's really calling them out? Whatever or whoever they are, have been able to keep their secrets this whole time while conducting operations around the nation without any defectors, leakers, or whistleblowers. UFO investigators like Zagowski are seen as conspiracy theorists at best. With unsatisfying official findings and recent publicized cases, old explanations are resurfacing. I think it's just common sense. And when you have investigators disappearing, okay, MIA, that only feeds to the, only feeds to the fire of this thing. Colby, Colby Marshall, vice president of the Silvis Valley Ranch in Oregon, which recently saw five bulls mutilated under mysterious circumstances. Remember, those bulls had no blood left either. Said in USA Today, 
we think that this crime is being perpetrated by some sort of cult. Well, you know, I don't know if he's being told to say that or if that's just a safe fallback. Because he knows if he says it's being perpetrated by a cult, that he's not going to be depersoned. But if he would come out and say what, remember Tucker Carlson had the, uh, oh, they've got a show, I think, on the History Channel or the Discovery Channel. They're two brothers or butchers. They're like, they're like you know, super uh, skilled butchers, been doing it their whole lives. Uh, they came out and said, there's no way we could do this. There's no way that we could, we could make those cuts on these cattle and not have any blood. And this is coming from two guys that have been butchers their whole lives. I mean, they have a television show showing how they butcher stuff. So, no, not a cult. That that cult would have to be, those cult members would have to be more, they'd have to be better skilled butchers than any butchers that we are aware of. They've had to figure out some way to keep that blood from dropping on the ground. Not a single drop. They completely, completely removed all that blood without, without spilling any of it. They had to figure out some way to commit that crime out of these remote areas without leaving a track, without leaving a track of getting there. It, 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 it's, it's, it's too much for the imagination. If you can't say this thing is UFO related, then I think you have to just simply put this in the, into the category of unsolved. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.